Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I am Wajahat Ali. And we are so excited to bring you our State of the Union with our good friend, Justice Correspondent at The Nation, Ellie Mistel, who also, dear friends, has a new book, My God, The Brilliance, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. Did you send it to Donald Trump? We will find out later. Ellie, welcome to Democracy-ish. Thank you guys so much for having me. And it's book publication week. So like we should have like, uh, like, you know, confetti and like woo noises and like a record scratch, a record drop and everything. Yeah. Book publication. Look, week. It's it's very stressful for me. This is my this is my first book, you know, and I'm used to writing on the Internet. Right. Like, first of all, if you're wrong on the Internet, who cares? I mean, nobody really cares, right? It's true. And, and also, like, you can always go back and fix it, right? If I get something wrong on the internet, I can always go back later and, like, oh, just, like, you know, self-edit that. If I'm wrong in this book, it's just, like, there for, like, ever, just being <laughs> wrong. And So can I, you know, can I tell you as something? A, as a... As- as a person who just released a book and like nerds have found like three grammatical errors in my book, they're like, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God. So my editor says we can correct it in the paperback. If we F up in the paperback, then we're effed. <laughs> See, as a, as a lawyer, m- most people like, it's very hard to be right about the law because you know, there's all the, the system is adversarial. So there's always some other case that you haven't read or haven't heard of some other argument, you know? So my goal, whenever I talk about the law is never to be right. It's just to be not wrong, right? I'm going mm. for not mm-hmm. demonstrably wrong about the law. And I think that I've hit that with this book, but you know, we'll see now that it's out in the public. Well, but with your track record on social media and your articles, you've been uh, demonstrably consistently correct. And you've been correct, uh, like Danielle and others that we know about the state of our union and where this country is going. Uh, and you, like many of us, have not been rewarded. No, you have been rewarded. You are the angry black man. Danielle's the Yay. angry black woman. and I'm the crazy Muslim. Yeah, I get to exactly. I, I, I am. I am America's. I am Jack's gallbladder. Right. Is that is, is basically my role in the society. I tell you what I was right about. I was right about Merrick Garland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, being, it turns out, being right? A, being an absolute <laughs> and complete. So wait, wait, before before we jump into before we jump into Garland, because uh, the Department of Justice laid out some shit today that I'm like and everybody's applauding and I'm the only one that's like, oh, really? Is this what we're doing? But I want to ask you, this is coming on the heels, guys, mm. of the State of the Union um, that we all watched. We all watched the breakdowns thereafter. Um, what did each of you uh, 
think about Biden, about the content of his speech. Um, I don't really care so much about the delivery, but you, you want to offer that as well. But what did you think about the content uh, that he offered up for that very long 45, 50 minutes? I could give you three positives, and I'm going to hit it over to Ellie, who will probably share my consternation about the rest, all right? So before, before, before we tear into it, which I assume we will, the good. Very quickly, he's not Donald Trump. Thank God there's a man who's a statesman there who had the respect of the room. That's important. Uh, he was a champion for democracy abroad as Ukraine Ukrainians are literally fighting for their survival. That was important. Uh, number two, his economic message, if you think about it, is a very progressive message that five years ago was deemed a radical. Now, if only he could pass it. Uh, number three, there was a mention of transgender rights. There was a mention of voting <laughs> rights. There was a mention of immigration reform. No mention of black lives. I think there was a mention of women's rights. And when it comes to the delivery, what I, you know, he's an, yes, he's an old man, but he also has a stutter. And anyone who knows anyone who's had a stutter, like I give him a pass on that and the gaps. So that was the win. But at the same time, and maybe I'm going to, I'm going to massage it before giving it to Ellie. It seemed like a state of the union address for Chad and Stacy and the average Americans in the Rust Belt desperately trying to court their win and their votes for the midterms, and Biden went Republican light. I, that's exactly where I'll start. Look, this was a this was this was the speech that white pollsters wanted him to give, mm. and he gave it. So I hope white pollsters, all eight of them, are happy and vote for Biden now because that's that's who he was targeting. Unfortunately, if he was thinking about black people, he didn't give black people his base anything. Now, I bring this up not to not to criticize Biden. Look, I'm going to vote for him because I care about the Supreme Court. We will get to that later mm. and, and whatever. But Biden's Biden, the most recent poll that I saw showed Biden at around 66, 68 percent with African-American voters. Folks, that is an unsustainable number right. for an incumbent Democrat. Yep. You cannot win, you know, as a Democrat, an election to dog catcher <clears throat> with mm -hmm. only 66% of the African-American vote. That just doesn't work for Democrats. So I would have gone into this speech caring less about making sure that Nate Silver or Cohen is happy with my speech and caring more that Tyrone and Malcolm and Marcus are happy with my speech. Right. And I don't see what he gave people. I don't I like like he people have to understand you come into that speech hat in hand with zero policy achievements yep. to show the black community. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, well, you did the infrastructure bill. No, 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 no. I don't care about the stuff that helped everybody. Yes, black people were also helped by the stuff that helped everybody. But what did Biden have to show for the unique concerns, tribulations, and hurdles that minor that non-white people, so minorities in general, and black people specifically have to overcome in this country? He's gotten nothing done on those things. Um, the unique uh, uh, threats to our ability to organize and vote. He's gotten done, nothing done on those things. Um, the, you, the the fact that if if you think about it, all black what black people ask for after you know a month uh, a summer of protests in the middle of a pandemic before there was a vaccine against um, such a deadly disease, what we asked for was him to address the the scourge of police brutality. And injustice in our community, and he's done nothing. At the no, no, fund level. the police. Wait, are you are you, sure? are you sure? Because 
because he, <laughs> Ellie, I, I feel like you're being too hard because, I mean, we got Juneteenth as a federal holiday. We got uh, Maya Angelou on, on a coin. Um, I believe Harriet Tubman's pulling up the rear on a $20 bill at some point. I mean, you're, inshallah. Mi- you're, that, that's an inshallah. you're missing all of the all of the pageantry. I mean, yes, you're right. We asked for rights, but they gave us T-shirts. Is that they is that them. not enough? They gave us memes. You mean that we, that's not going to work? We are we are literally at the point where we are where we were five years ago. Remember when white politicians started saying, "Well, actually, all lives matter," mm. and we had to tell white Democrats, "Look, look, shut up with no, no, we're not doing that." And they were sorry because they thought that all lives matter would be is what plays well with white people in Peoria. That's where we are with 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 the police, with Biden saying in the middle of the State of the Union, fund the police I not. Mm. I, I, for I, training and research. like that's I that's gotta tell you that when I it was that moment, and I don't know if you all caught this, but I did. I caught Kamala Harris, her tepid clap behind Joe Biden as he was saying, fund the police, not once, not twice, but three times. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, wow, black people were forced out of their homes in 2020, the summer of 2020, before we had vaccines, before we knew what the hell COVID was, to march for their lives while their lives were at risk by a virus. Because we all collectively watched a black man be taken his life be taken as he begs for his life by a police officer. Eight months after that, what did we get? We got Cory Booker telling us that, oh, guys, I tried my best. We got Joe Mm. Biden turning around talking about fund the police when the NYPD where I live, the budget that they have is $6 billion with a B. So how you can think to yourself that we're going to sit here and say fund the police as if he just didn't say fuck you to every black person and person of color who marched and had been marching for black people's lives that he didn't think that that was the most offensive thing that you could do shows me just how out of touch, out of touch Joe Biden is. Here, here's a question so what Ellie Biden... was saying. You know what Ellie was saying. It's important to know that sometimes people forget how incestuous the D.C. New York City network is of politicos. Is that you know those eight pollsters that he was talking about? It's like you know, it's some people might think it's sarcastic, but no, it's oftentimes the eight pollsters, mm-hmm. the establishment consensus that says, "Listen, we're getting hammered. Listen, your poll numbers are low." Listen, Chet and Tracy aren't going to vote for you. Listen, instead of attacking Republicans and exposing their bad faith messaging and actually standing for a message and creating this race class narrative that creates a multiracial coalition and treats your base, black people, 85 to 90 percent. That's what you need, Democrats. You need 85 to 90 percent of black folks. That's how it goes. 85, 90 percent black folks, 70 percent Asians, 65 to 70 percent Latinos, 40. If you're lucky on a good day, 43 percent whites. There you go. You get that. You can win. Instead of catering to your base, as always, we're going to throw our base under the bus, chase Chet, who will still not vote for us, who hasn't voted for us from the 1950s, and we're going to give them this red meat that protects Gottheimer and the centrists. And while they did that, and he threw black folks under the bus, the the irony is Republicans are going to be like, nope, defund the police. Look, they're for defund the police, and they're going to attack Cori Bush, and they're going to attack the squad, and, and Democrats have no response to it. And they're going to just put black folks second. There, there, there are two things empirically that that the Biden administration needs to answer for. I believe the one is what Waj just said by saying fund the police. 
all you do, you don't, you don't help Democrats win. You just hang Cory Bush, AOC, uh, Ayanna Presley. You just hang them further out to dry because mm-hmm. they're not weak. They're 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 not going to kowtow to the white pollsters like they want, right? So they're still going to be saying the right things. You hang them out to dry, and you don't actually have a credible response to bad faith Republican attacks. So you cede the ground. Instead of fighting Republicans, you basically agree with Republicans that they had the right of it all along. Good job, Joe. So that's number one kind of problem that he has to answer for. The second the second empirical question that he has to answer for me that he won't, but I would like an answer for, is who in the hell thinks that funding the police is the problem? Like, who actually <laughs> thinks that our problem is that the police don't have enough money? That's why they have to. That's why they have to they to, have to, to, to harass people. me and yeah. stop me. <laughs> that's why they have to kill black mm-hmm. people. Oh, we have to choke the black people because we don't have enough money for the guns. Is that what people think in this world? Because it's not what I think. I should not be laughing, what... but it's dark humor is necessary. <laughs> I, don't think I, have to, I have to choke them to death with a baton because I don't have a gun to shoot them. It's your fault, Black America. Right? You should give me if the weapons I to had... shoot you, kill you more effectively. If only I had more training, I could kill you in one minute instead of eight. <laughs> like that's is. Does anybody think that that's where we are? Because that's uh, that's that's the uh, that's the unanswered question from all of this white nonsense. Who thinks that the problem with policing in this country is that they are underfunded? The police. Nobody thinks the, that. No, the only people that think that are the police. By the way, you know, we want to talk about underfunding. Do we all not remember that the world was alerted to the fact of how much military gear our police actually had because the Pentagon has too much. And just recently we overfunded the Pentagon with more a hundred million dollars more than they asked. Oh, I'm sorry. Billion billion dollars more than what they fucking asked for. And then they give their leftovers to the fucking law enforcement in our streets that then turn around and use it on us. So yeah, Joe Biden, they don't need any more money. They got all the fucking G.I. Joe gear, all the fucking tanks that they need. We saw it as they were rolling through, Not couldn't cover up uh, Mike Brown's body, couldn't do that. But they got time to get dressed in their military gear, tear gas the hell out of their own citizens. But they need more money. You know what? What he could have done is this. If the Democrats weren't afraid of their own shadow, which is black, literally and figuratively, (laughs) what they could have done to to balance this, in my opinion, is talk about police reform. Don't mention defund the police if you don't want. That's fine. Talk about police reform. Talk about the statistics in this year that show the number of fatalities caused by the police. Say black lives. He did not say black lives matter, if you guys noticed that. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Take the concern of black and brown communities seriously. At the same time, don't say defund the police. I get it. But say we still need reform and then give that little carrot he always gives to law enforcement, you know, like, you know, applaud like Officer Stu or maybe the Capitol Hill police. That's what I would have done. We have brave. You know what I would have done? We have brave law enforcement who are defending our nation, our democracy, just like the Capitol Hill police. Stand up for defending our nation. It's a win across the board. No, but no. Watch, this was the other. This is the other piece of bullcrap from the State of the Union, right? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he point um, to Eugene uh, uh, Scott and be like, "Look at our brave cat," mm-hmm. right? Because he didn't want to piss off the Republican yep. 
insurrectionists in the chamber. Wow. At the end of the day, Joe Biden in his first State of the Union address refused to address the attack on the Capitol, the insurrection that is still being supported in plain sight. He didn't want to piss off the other, the insurrectionists in the chamber. That's who Biden what? was more afraid Can of. We? Not his failing numbers with black people, not his low approval ratings, but at the end of the day, he was more worried about pissing off uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lowen Barbert, who, who, who shamefully mm. yelled at him while he was talking about his dead son anyway. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he showed Lauren Barbert more respect than he showed the black community. Let me tell you something, because that is so right. That is so right. And this State of the Union opened up in a way that no other State of the Union ever has opened up, right? Which is talking about our issues abroad, which is talking about foreign affairs as opposed to opening up with domestic ones. And here I get this, right? Because Ukraine is in a dire situation Mm. and Putin is an an unleashed like madman, um, Mm. but a smart one. But here's the thing. There was an opportunity after he was building up about how big and bad America is, how the world is united thanks to NATO, all of these things. He could have easily had made the transition between talking about authoritarianism in Europe and talking about fascism in Europe and talking about what we are facing in our own fucking backyards. And he had the opportunity and it was a missed one. We have an election in eight months against the aggressor that was sitting right in front of him, that was sitting right in front of him. But he called them last night, his friends. He referred to them again. I like to scream when he said, oh, but we can work together on these things. We are in a state of emergency in America, but you would not have known that by the state of the union address that Joe Biden gave. And and and, and, and this is important because we forget, and this is what Steve Bannon said, flood the zone with shit. Our enemy is the media. Steve Bannon said it. I take him literally and seriously. I want to remind folks, Ellie mentioned that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bubart uh, while Joe Biden was mentioning his dead son and the veterans, they yelled and screamed at him and heckled him, right? Also, this week, it's just been a few days, ladies and gentlemen, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar attended the AFPAC mm. conference mm-hmm. headed by Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes. And, you know, you guys think I might throw this word casually, like white nationalist. No, no, ladies and gentlemen. This is a full-blown white supremacist, an anti-Semite, a Holocaust denier. They embraced him. Once he was exposed, she doubled down in, in her support for attending. And you had Wendy Rogers uh, of uh, Arizona, a state legislature, who's been pro- tweeting friggin' white nationalist talking points for the past three days. And Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, said, I'd rather have a white nationalist in my state legislature than a Democrat. This was this week. Two weeks ago, the RNC, on its own, unprompted, said the January 6th violent insurrection, violent insurrection was an uh, a legitimate political protest at my ordinary citizens. Like it's like it's like God is giving you like these weapons to unleash against your opponents, and Joe Biden instead kisses their ass. And it's just like it's just painful. Like what more do you need, Ellie? We oftentimes say on this show that like the Republicans are like really helpful Bond villains. They tell you the plot in the first ten minutes before the credits. <laughs> like they literally tell you how we're gonna screw you over. Oh, yeah. This is how we're gonna screw over black people, Muslims. Poor people, LGBT, and this is the coup. Here's a six point memo on how are we going to do the coup and screw over democracy. And Democrats are like, "Thank you so much. Um, please don't do it." 
And they're like, we are. We're going to kill you. <laughs> and, you're, and they're like, oh, oh well, but, it's, it's... you know, we'll write about it. What, what, if we, what if we give you this olive branch? What if, what if we give you all of the things that you want? Um, will, will you be our friend? And they're like, no, go to hell. Fuck you. No. Right. No, it's, it's, it's all that. And the Republicans also say, and we're telling you because we know you're too weak to stop there us. There you go. And Democrats go, okay, you're right about that one. Like the, the the Democrats literally will not take the fight to them. They're more afraid of them than they are of their own base, which is which is why we fail. And I just want to like to your listeners to make this very clear. I, I bring this up because I want Biden to win. Yes. It's Same. just that yeah. I'm not yeah. so blinded by whiteness Come to on. think that he can win without black Come people. On. So if you want to tell me how please put it like this. Show me the part of Biden's State of the Union that changed one black voter's mind. Show me. He's at 66% right now. He, he was elected with 87%. So that's about 20% wow. of people, black people wow. who were with him at the beginning, who aren't with him now. Tell me where in the speech he won one of those people back. Well, no voting I don't rights. see it. Voting rights. No I don't see it, right? If I, don't, <laughs> if, I, if I can't see it and you people can't see it, well then, well, then those people aren't coming back. And if those people don't come back, Biden can't win. But he, you know, you want to you want to say that like, oh well, black people should vote because they're afraid of what Republicans will do. Yeah, that only gets you so far. And what we've seen historically is that 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 does not win you a midterm. Mm. You can play the fear card in a presidential election, and when it's down to a binary choice, you can get people to like, oh, okay, I'm really afraid of McCain. I'm really afraid of this guy. I'm like, right. But in a in a midterm election where you need massive turnout at the local level, you can't you can't just play. Here's a nameless Republican running in your state. Be very afraid. Like that. that just didn't work in Virginia, ladies and gents. I'm in Virginia. Didn't work in Virginia. Did not work against Yankin. But here, here's why it doesn't work with black people. And this this is what Democrats don't get. And it's because Chad and Brittany and all of them are in their ear and they don't get it. You can't have us be more afraid than we fucking are right now. You're telling us this is what it means when we are in power. Black people still dying in the street. Black Mm. people still can't walk to the store. Right. You're still being hemmed up, you know, trying to do the just the 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 bare minimum of existing. Right. You want to tell us like, oh, my God, if you don't vote for me, what 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 is going to happen? I'm going to stop being killed. Right. What, right. what is going to happen? Right. In, in incarceration for black and brown people is going to go down? Do you mean that the life expectancy for black children is not going to be based on their zip code? Do you mean that what? There isn't going to be a racial wealth gap? Because all of the things that you keep fear-mongering to black people that will happen if they don't vote for Democrats, it's our daily lived fucking experience. So it is absurd to me to then say to the same group of people whom you need, Right. That, oh, you have no other choice. We've never had another choice because we've always had to make do with the bare fucking minimum. Right. And And so uh, that's why you see the numbers slide down 20 percent. And I guarantee you that by the time we get to November, it will be less than that. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. 
inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming, and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. You know, Biden's administration has been <clears throat> sorry, go ahead, most, Biden's administration has been the most diverse in, in history, I believe. Um, even more diverse than Obama in terms of his cabinet appointments. Um, I cover the courts, his 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 appointments to the courts to all the federal judiciary um seats that he's had has been the most diverse for the first term in history he's about to appoint a a, a first black woman justice he has done some good things in terms of racial optics Mm. and that's gonna get him about two-thirds of the vote just the optically you know just biden's ability to get through you know an entire dinner without spitting in the face of a black person is going to get him some votes because trump couldn't do that right so i'm not saying that it's all that's all bad but what he hasn't gotten is policy yeah he hasn't given us any legislation or policy so that when black people then have to go into our communities which we do to try to convince people who don't who aren't who are occasional voters who aren't lock solid voters who aren't sure why they should vote when we try to convince them for why they should vote at all biden's given us nothing to go on he's given me nothing when i'm in the barbershop which admittedly doesn't happen very often <laughs> but i t- <laughs> But I do go occasionally, you know, just to get a shape up, right? And when I'm there and I'm talking to a young buck who's just like, man, both parties are the same. Mm. Like, when I'm trying to say no, where's the piece of legislation that I can bring out of my back pocket to say that that guy's wrong? Biden hasn't given me nearly enough to kind of win the argument in the trench. 
and and that's why that those marginal differences between 87 percent and 66 percent that that's where he's losing can i can i mention something else that was not mentioned in the state of the union we talked a lot about democracy abroad we talked a lot about protecting our allies we talked a lot about ukraine and you're mentioning you know we need 85 to 90 percent african-americans to come out to vote for democrats without that you lose well many of them want to come out the ones who do come out though can't vote because mm. of voter yeah. suppression and mm. so what should have been said by biden and the democrats to address the massive voter suppression effort underway, ladies and gentlemen, that is strategically and surgically attacking black voters to depress the vote for the upcoming 2022 and 2024 elections. Honestly, if it had been me, and there's a reason why it's not me, right? There's a reason why I'm not president. But if it had been me, I would have started the whole thing at the beginning with the Ukraine. Uh, We've got to go fight the good fight, whatever. I would have made Danielle's connection, the one-to-one connection from the Ukraine to the authoritarians at home. And then I would have said, the way that we fight the authoritarians at home is by having voting rights. The only yep. cure for the evils of democracy is more democracy. And so if this chamber mm. does not pass voting rights, nothing else happens for the rest of my term. Peace, I'm out. I would have dropped the mic and walked out of the damn chamber. Pass voting rights or nothing else happens. And that should have been the democratic position from the jump. Mm. No infrastructure, no build back better, no COVID shots, nothing past voting rights or nothing else happens. But Democrats don't have that kind of spine. Democrats don't have that kind of fire. They don't have that kind of backbone. And so that's why we're here. They got Joe Manchin sitting with the Republicans. Laughing it up. Laughing it up. Because you know who he's yucking it up over? Us. You know who he's laughing at? The American people, while he's sitting on his yacht, while he's driving around in his Maserati, while he's living his best fucking King Cole life. That is exactly what he's doing is sitting down and laughing. The thing that I want to talk to about um, is what was just announced this week by the Department of Justice. Um, And particularly because we have you, Ellie, Um, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, who you were right about. I wanted you to be wrong. I wanted I wanted this I, I, I wanted to believe that Merrick Garland was going to be, you know, tough and he was going to have because of his own lived experience of being denied Right. Of being denied the opportunity to talk, to express why he should be a Supreme Court justice, that he would be like, oh, no, I'm going after these people. Merrick Garland this week, his Department of Justice has decided that they're putting the full weight of everything behind getting the Russian oligarchs, right? They're going after their yachts. They're going after their hidden bank accounts. They're going after their real estate in Central Park. My question is, where the fuck is the smoke for the American oligarchs about, Mm. oh, I don't know, the billionaires that have been, that funded the insurrection, that continue to fund the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys? Ellie, why? And I have been told that I need to wait that this must be happening, but, you know, they must be keeping a tight lid on it, right? Mm. That we're all waiting for Tish James and we're not waiting on Alvin Bragg anymore and we're waiting on uh, mm. Willis down in Georgia. What, what, what's going on here? He's a weak man. Mm. Merrick Garland is a weak man who is afraid of taking on entrenched political interest. Merrick Garland has all kinds of smoke for unconnected people. Right. So you, you, if you're if you're like, if you're the QAnon shaman, 
uh, you know, Merrick Garland's got something for you. If you're the Oklahoma City bomber, Merrick Garland's got something for you. You're a Russian oligarch, doesn't have any friends in high places besides Putin. Merrick Garland's got something for you. But if you are a well-connected, well-heeled Republican, Merrick Garland is afraid of you. He doesn't got nothing for you. He doesn't want none of your smoke. He doesn't want none of that, right? There's a reason why Russian oligarchs are having their yachts seized, but not Paul Gosser. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not Mo Brooks, not nope. Don Trump Jr. No, those people can sail away mm-hmm. if they want to, right? Um, sail away, Garland, sail away, <laughs> sail away. I feel like Enya should be in the background right now. <laughs> Merrick Garland will not put the full weight, the full force of the FBI into the backs of the investigation into the terrorist plot to overtake America. That's just that's just who he is. You feel like this. It was interesting to me, right? That uh, so in the context of Merrick Garland being willing to go after the oligarchs, right? What uh, what other what was the one Department of Justice mentioned at the State of the Union? It was Biden saying that they're going to appoint a special prosecutor to go after pandemic fraud. And I laughed because I was like, this is a good idea. We should totally do that. Right. But you need a special prosecutor because, you know, Merrick Garland can't do it. Right. Because, you know, Merrick, like, why would you need a special prosecutor if you had a real strong attorney general willing to go after special interests? Oh, you don't have that guy. So you got to hire a whole new guy to go after the special interests who took advantage of pandemic fraud because, you know, the current guy that you have in the office, he don't have the stomach for that. You that's, know, another, that's what I thought was funny about an, that. Another person who wrote a book recently and is competing with uh, Ellie, you got to buy Ellie's and not his, is Bill Barr, who was attorney general of Donald Trump, right? Mm. And I was I was just thinking throughout this conversation and watching the State of the Union address, like imagine if Trump was president right now and did that State of the Union address and Democrats had done all the shit that Republicans had done. Do you think he would have cared about bipartisanship? Do you nope. think he would have cared about fairness? Do you think his attorney general would sit there on the side? His attorney general, Bill Barr, went and talked about Antifa and BLM being terrorists, while the number one domestic terror threat was white supremacists. His attorney general went around on taxpayer dollars trying to find information on this bullshit fraud to help Donald Trump, right? Even our European allies are like, what are you doing here? Like, go go home. Like, I'm not making this up. This is what happened. That was our attorney general. Our attorney general was a hatchet man for Donald Trump and his right-wing agenda. And we don't need a hatchet man. We just need an attorney general to flex. I want them to flex and they have all the evidence. I'm not even a prosecutor. I've got the evidence as an average citizen. I'm like, you got Mo Brooks. I have it under my couch. What? You got, you got, you got like, I have the Mueller report. It's on my TiVo. I have the yeah. Mueller report. Uh, Ali Alexander is like, hey, hey, I plotted the uh, Stop the Sixth rally with the, these three Republicans, uh, Mo Brooks, uh, Paul Gosar, and Andy Briggs. He's like, hey, you, you, hey, I'm here admitting it. Mo Brooks is there with Kevlar vest. Totally normal thing for a Republican elected At official to wear on January 6th. You got Ginny Thomas, the wife of Justice Thomas, openly admitting to funding the vans, the buses that came. And, you you know, the, it goes back to a point that I made earlier and Ellie made earlier is you know, why do they behave this way? Why did Mueller behave the way? Because... I'm sorry to say this. People say I talk about race a lot. It's a white boys club. Come on. DC and New York is a rich white boy, white women club. They have sex with each other. They date each other. They divorce each other. They go to the same country clubs, same churches, same synagogues. Their kids go to the same schools. And in the green room, you and I, all of us have been in the green room. They're buddy, buddy. They're pals. And so they kind of put on this performance and they go, yeah, I know him. He says all these right wing things, but we're pals. So you're not going to go after your pal. You're not after to go after your buddy, especially when they're white. And you also think that eh, even if fascism happens, I'll be safe. The darkies will be the one thrown under the bus. They'll protect me. And I feel like that's why the institutions sometimes fail the rest of us. 
Yeah, I mean, Can- we're, we're, we're pawns. And I, I think that that's, that's the thing that is so scary, is that once you wake up to that, you you can't go back to sleep. Yesterday, I mean, the, the, the State of the Union was a pep rally, right? For powerful Democrats to be able to stand up at the wrong time, like Chuck Schumer did, and applaud themselves <laughs> for not doing a fucking thing. What are you applauding for? You haven't passed shit. Sit the fuck down. Right. Like you want to sit around Trent, USA, USA, USA. And there are literally people next to you that want Putin to be president of the United States. But instead of calling that out, instead of you're using your moment in the sun to tell the truth, you call them your friends. Because to your point, watch, they are they are their friends. Joe Biden thought that he was going to walk up to the Senate, the Senate that he loved so much, sit down over a scotch with Mitch McConnell and hash things out because he wasn't a black guy. Right. That's what he thought. And he was sorely mistaken. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So since I agree with everything you guys just said, can I can I just can I make a little bit of a non sequitur? Um, um, Bill Barr, as you mentioned, has a has a book out. Um, according to Audible, it is number two in law books right now. Number one is my book. Yes. Oh, just saying. Replacement theory. Just saying. Replacement theory. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I did want to pick up on Barr because uh, besides the self-promotion, besides the shameless self-promotion, um, because it, it's it's part of an answer to a question that I get a lot. Well, what can Biden do when Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are there and they're so mean and they won't let him get any le- Look, there's lots of stuff that he could do and there's lots of stuff that could be done if Merrick Garland wasn't such a coward. Mm. I have written mm. twice now about, you want to talk about uh, uh, invading, you, you know what? the ukraine is about the size of geographically texas Mm -hmm. Mm. speaking of texas Mm -hmm. if we were to invade someplace i would suggest texas because texas right now is a rogue state texas is no longer subjecting itself to the constitution of the united states of america it is denying constitutional rights to women and now to trans families and uh, to families of trans kids all right. Now, what can be done with that when Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema won't do anything? Well, you send in an invasion force of doctors. 
because it is medical care that mm. Texas is fundamentally denying women who are pregnant, pregnant people, um, and trans and trans kids kids in their families. It's medical care that they're being denied. So you send in an army of federally um uh, uh protected doctors to Texas to provide that medical care. And if they need some protection, you send in some protection for those doctors to do their works and make sure that they can see their, their their patients unharmed and unmolested by these crazy white folks living out there in Texas. That's something that Biden and Garland could do just using executive federal authority. Would the courts challenge it? Sure. Should they care? No. Why? Because the Bi- Biden is the one that has the military and the Supreme Court is not the one that has that, right? Like that, like if you want, if you want to talk seriously about what Biden can do to stop the illegal and unconstitutional denial of rights to American citizens here on the home front, Mm. that's what he could do. Mm. Is he gonna? No, but some, but, but, but that, but that doesn't, but that's how you, that's not uh, Kristen Sinema's fault. That's not Joe Manchin's fault. Can can, you know, Ellie, Danielle, I was thinking about this and, and, you know, again, we always mention that Democrats bring a pencil to a knife fight and Mitch McConnell brings a bazooka, right? And the other analogy is the, the Charlie Brown uh, football special where we're Charlie Brown and they're Lucy. And like, are you sure, Lucy, you're going to lift the football? She goes, uh-huh. And she lifts the football and we go, okay, Lucy, don't do it again. What we're witnessing with Texas, and I'm glad you mentioned it, is Texas and Florida in particular. You got Abbott and, and DeSantis out dueling each other to be more right wing to first and foremost protect themselves and also to gun for the 2024 republican nomination if donald trump dies and anyone who thinks that the republican party will moderate i'm glad you mentioned texas all i say is texas and florida ladies and gentlemen this is the future this is the president future of the republican party this is where the base is at and so most likely democrats are going to lose in 2022 in the midterms most likely just like obama they're going to realize oh bipartisanship they actually hate us and want to kill us do you think biden will finally flex in 23 and 24 with the type of executive authority that he has that he can flex with now but then he'll finally realize oh shit i, I don't have the majority i don't got nothing but i'm still the president i'll allow our Maybe. guests to answer first go ahead ellie Maybe it'll be too little, too late. Maybe you know, the kind of defensive rear action once he looks at some some Nate Silver, Nate Cohen polls that tell him he's not doing well with white suburban women. He might try to you know up his game a little bit after the Democrats have already lost uh, their power um, in the houses of Congress. But you know what? I my saving grace here, and it's not really a saving grace, but it's my, my hope, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, we are very close to Republicans getting everything they want. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll be the worst thing for them. That happens sometimes, right? That, that once Republicans have the Christian fundamentalist theocracy that they so desperately want, once we all have to live in the bigoted, misogynist theocracy that the Republicans so desperately want, maybe more people will realize that it sucks. Yeah. And maybe that will inspire some people to actually fight for change. It might have to get worse before it gets better. Mm. But sometimes the worst thing you can do to a person is to give them everything they want. And right now, Biden is very close to giving Republicans everything they want. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I said hope. No, no, no. I'm using I, the word hope really liberally. I, I think <laughs> that we are we are we are living inside of a nightmare. And and I think that what is really terrifying about the moment that we are living in is 
that when you see the Democratic Party have an opportunity to talk to a captive audience and tell them exactly where the threat is, exactly where the urgency is and what to do, they don't. And so at the end of the day, the loss in 2022 and the loss in 2024 will not be because of Republicans. It will be because of Democrats' inactions and their cowardice. And that is the pill for all of us who are fighters that is extremely hard to swallow, that we are going to have to witness and experience things getting much, much, much worse before we ever see them get better. And what we are all trying to do is trying to stop that from happening. But when you witness what we all witnessed this week of Joe Biden wanting to congratulate himself and call his enemy his friend, that is not deep uh, three-dimensional chess strategy. It's foolishness and it's dangerous. And that is, that is friends, where we are. Uh, you know, uh, oh, please, wait, Danielle, can we, can we do please. this real quick with, with time running out? I want Ellie to make a case for why our listeners really need to buy your book right now. Which, Go. by the way, you told me, you told me, and this is a great honor, that Amazon is recommending, actually, no, Amazon is saying that people buy your book along with 1619 and my book. So that, yep. thank you, that's awesome. Yeah, who would have thought? We're, we're, we're the three. We're, we're in the frequently bought together category, you and me, baby, and, you know, Nicole Ann Jones. You know, uh, I love <laughs> the, it. The, the, the great Nicole Hannah Jones. Um, why should you buy my book? Well, if you've ever heard Republicans make a legal argument and you thought, hmm, that sounds stupid to me. Well, <laughs> my book will explain to you why that was stupid. It will explain to you what that Republican argument is, how to defeat that Republican argument. And I try to use, you know, plain Eng English, easily accessible and understandable phrases um, because my honest belief is that the law, while it is complicated, it is not beyond the reach of most intelligent, mm. literate people. And that if you just explain it to people plainly, taking out all of the legal jargon, which yeah. doesn't help elucidate, instead it helps to obscure. If you just explain it to people plainly, people will understand what the law is doing. And once you understand what the law is doing and how Republicans are manipulating those laws for their own bigoted, misogynist ends, then more people would be as outraged as it as I am and work to change it. So that's why you should buy the book, either because you need the, the primer on how to defeat Republicans or you just need to know better what Republicans are doing to this country. Ellie, thank you so much for your work. Um, for consistently waking us all up uh, on cable news, in Twitter. We appreciate you, folks. Go and buy Ellie's first book Yay. and support his brilliance and buy it along with Waj's book and support Black kind. and brown people trying to do something to save our democracy and educate us all along the way. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Ajahat Ali. And that was our friend Ellie Mistel. We will be back next week. I don't even know if there's a country. I don't know. Inshallah. If we're not invaded, inshallah. <laughs>